Asylum. I'm your host, Giuseppe. Co-host, he's back to the old familiar Paul from California, or we can call him Northern Nevada Paul. I proposed Paul the Apostle, but he shut that one down. All right, welcome, <laughs> Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. I had a uh, I had a three-team teaser come in on the late games with San Francisco, Buffalo Bills, and LA Rams, so I'm feeling flush for the moment. Oh, that's always fun when you when you uh, uh, wager and win. That's for sure. And um, uh, it's an honor again to make her monthly appearance. The uh, talented and impressive Marie Lassiter and Marie joined us for the first time ever. She had a long and storied career as a nurse practitioner and a teacher, and then she ran to become a coroner in Texas County, Missouri, was elected, and is doing great now as a coroner. She has uh, some phenomenal uh, uh, insights into what's going on for the the tragic Missourians who believed all the lies of the Jubonic Jew jab and were, were forced into it to keep their jobs or keep their uh, uh, school access, all this nonsense. But anyway, plus Marie has written three books on natural health that are available at Amazon and others, and and, uh, and those books look awesome. In fact, I need to buy those. I haven't done that yet. Marie, welcome, and how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm probably busier than I've ever been, and it's uh, people are getting crazier and crazier, if you haven't noticed. Uh, I sure have you noticed, have. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give you a couple examples from the past week, uh, one guy, he hasn't died yet, but he will. He paid someone else to uh, mow over his legs and cut them off. What and, the heck? Jeez. <laughs> well, it's a thing. Um, it's a um, it's a thing. I've seen it before. Um, and uh, they found his legs in the um, in the woods. So the deputy called from the ex- next county over. What should I do? I said, well... Even though he's not dead, he will be dead soon because of sepsis, because that's not the cleanest surgical procedure, and they'll probably want his legs to go with them. So I said, just put them in your body cooler. But uh, so um, 
Yeah, that's that's a, a thing. I uh, was in San Diego for eight years and uh, working at um, UCSD, and and um, I actually started the doctoral program in epidemiology uh, there, which even though I didn't finish it, it's been real helpful in tracking this COVID data because mm -hmm. I have the statistical tools to do that. Um, but yeah, it's a weird sexual paraphilia where people just get turned on by having their limbs amputated. So, um, really, I mean, no, I always say nobody has a normal sex life, but I'm sure my aberrations don't go in that direction. <laughs> so that's unbelievable. Well, you know, so, it, go ahead, Paul. No, I was going to say, it's interesting that she mentions this because I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Years ago, I used to joke with people about if I was a doctor, I would specialize. I would open a clinic called Amputations R Us. And, uh, you know, <laughs> just just wow. with the letter R, you know, like a hyphen, Amputations R Us. You know, <laughs> come on in. We'll take care of whatever problems bothering you. So, well, but, this fellow, he, he went down to Mexico and had it done because no doctor here would agree to do it. And I guess the one from last week, he couldn't find a doctor to do it for him. So he just paid his buddy some money to run over him with the mower. But um, So, um, and, and the insanity grows. I had another case, uh, a veteran. Um, the story was that they we've got... Um, I, I live in mid-Missouri, and everybody in the world is moving to Missouri because you can buy land super cheap here, and mm -hmm. people come, you know, dreaming of a Norman Rockwell lifestyle. They'll they'll buy a piece of land basically on payments that, you know, they can't keep up with because they think on a quarter acre of land they can run cattle, et cetera. Well, these people came from Fayetteville, North Carolina, a man, his girlfriend, and their two-year-old, well, they live in a tiny house, and I mean like one room, 12 by 20, maybe, three in the morning, he hears a rustling at the door, he shoots right through the glass door with his AK, and kills his girlfriend, of course, and oh, uh, no warning, no nothing, and uh, it's... So that's been sad, but I've been on him like white on rice. I've dug up so much dirt on this guy, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> so um, it's not really my job as coroner, but um, I can't just leave the thread hanging there. I gotta pull it till I get unravel the whole sweater, I guess. So that's kind of how my uh, week has been. Uh, the looking today, someone asked me about the. Uh, they seemed like seemed like there was a lot of cancer deaths, and I've been so busy, I, you know, haven't really put everything together. But I took some time and found out to date in our county of 25,000 people, we've had 57 deaths from cancer, and that's compared with last year that was 41. So a huge jump, and that's right. compared to a few years ago where there were like 18. You know, a PC pre-COVID. So um, pretty, you know, pretty positive. And I've been in contact with a very, very tentative <laughs> scientist that he's looking at the relation of uh, the vaccine and um, predisposition to cancer. And 
So we kind of bumped into each other online, and I told him, well, I've got all these cancer patients, and I've got all their vaccination records, mm-hmm. and uh, but he's he's worried. He lives in another state, but it's a state that is favorable to looking into COVID, but he's still, you know, terrified of losing his tenure and losing his sure. job, and and um, so he wants to make sure he's got the IRB and everything in place, and I'm, you know, I'm hoping we'll work together, and and pull some meaningful information out of this, but you know, people they just keep getting vaccinated. Right. Like, you know, they say it's only I've heard between one point five and thirteen percent. I think it's probably about thirteen percent, but and a lot of scientists have been looking at before they were looking at the clots we've been pulling out and the clots I've got six of them here on my desk and wow. they're, they're basically polymers is what they are because mm-hmm. I've done some work with polymers before and I know what they are but um, Anna and I cannot Dr. Anna and I cannot pronounce her last name it's like um, Ukrainian possibly but she's been doing like 2000 magnification dark field looking at the actual what is in the vial mm-hmm. of the um, chimera and she is finding uh, basically um, little ro- robotic crystals that seem to be attracted to each other wow. and I'm sure they're chips and um, every night I don't have cable but I watch like internet TV and every night they play this um, commercial ridiculing people that haven't got the shot and they say oh these people are so stupid they say it's Bill Gates shot and he's he's got a microchip in it you know how crazy are they <laughs> Well, not so. Yeah. Uh, but um, we'll tell you what you what you're describing is just you know I'm seeing reports of it everywhere in the first world where uh, the uh, minions, uh, the traitorous minions of the World Economic Forum and that bizarre uh, closeted homosexual Klaus Schwab crowing about how he's put young leaders of the WEF and, and key leadership positions in all the first world countries. But Sam, if you could cue up clip number 14. So there's a gentleman in uh, in Britain. He was a media personality. And uh, it's clever. The, the person who, who put this clip up on BitChute said pharmaceuticals destroyed the healthy, active life of this British media person. And he's been documenting it all since even moments after he took the Astra... Zeneca shot. So this is this is exactly what you're describing. So, Sam, please play clip number 14. The 4th of April last year is a day that changed my life. I enthusiastically mm. attended the uh, the jab date. I arrived. They, they handed me this form a minute and a half before I had the jab. I sat down. They told me it was AstraZeneca and I was slightly in shock because I wasn't expecting it. But they injected here. Within literally three minutes, I could feel I could feel like the, the buzzing and something going through my veins, my capillaries. Um, I was in the car at this point, being driven. It felt like I was having a heart attack, and I turned around and said, "Take me to A and E." I was with family members, but it was literally within minutes that I could feel this flowing through my system. 
That's that's uh, amazing. You you actually charted have charted it from those first minutes all the way through to today. You were a fit guy. Uh, you climbed mountains. You ran marathons. Uh, can you still do that kind of thing? No. Basically, I was a fit and healthy person going to the gym four times a week. Obviously, in lockdown, we found other ways to exercise. Hmm. I had the jab. It consumed my life. Essentially, um, the NHS have told me I had anaphylactic shock within like the, the following day. After immediately as I had the jab, my mouth, my throat, my, my chest, this swollen. I had uh, blotches over my face and basically it felt like I was having a heart attack. But then I had mm. chronic fatigue. My jab was the 4th of April. I tried to go back to the gym in October. I sat on the exercise bike for 10 minutes and nearly fell off it, nearly passed out. And it was not until mm. February this year that I was confident enough to go back to the gym and attempt an hour on the exercise bike. It wiped me out. And I had PV... Four six seven one, the same as Jules Sirkin, the same as Kim in Jersey, yeah. the same as Philippa Grace's mum in Cambria, who's been diagnosed by the NHS with Julia Barre syndrome, GBS syndrome. There are lots of right. us with the same batch, and it, it's it's flawed me. Yeah, I find it very interesting the way you can actually identify bad batches. How how do you think it has AstraZeneca provided any explanation as to how a batch goes bad? I haven't had that contact with AstraZeneca. I can mm. only speak personally. I know how my batch affected me and all of the other people across mm. Southern England, in Cumbria, Norfolk. Uh, Rachel, in our batch, who had our batch, she has been diagnosed by the NHS with VITT, vaccine-induced thromb uh, thrombiotic thrombocytopenia, like Alex, right. who had his leg amputated. Right. Uh, and basically, there right. is a pattern. I, I don't know why, but all I know is the fact is all of these people, genuine verified people, who had the same batch as me, are suffering, and many of us have the same side effects. Wow, what a shocker. Well, there you go. Uh, first, uh, uh, Marie and then Paul. Uh, I mean, this is happening everywhere. And to me, the most stunning element is that um, there, there hasn't been uh, trials. There hasn't been ha uh, hangings of these mass murders. They're just <laughs> acting like, uh, oh, it's no big deal here, you know. I mean, so, so Marie, your thoughts on that poor guy had his life destroyed, basically. Well, he's not going to be alive much longer, I'm afraid. Um, and it's, you know, they're trying to come up with some ways to un undo the harm that's been done. But we just, when you really don't know what you're dealing with, it's a little hard to come up with an antidote. They have some treatments to treat the clots, um, like nanokinase, bromelain, and curcumin, um, they say that helps, but I've tried that with the clots that I have, and I there's only one really highly toxic <laughs> chemical I found that will dissolve them, and no one would ever take that. Um, they, he did mention that uh, website, and I don't know if all of the listeners know, you can go to the name of the website, howbadismybatch.com, and if on your little COVID card, it'll have your lot number and all oh, that. God. Put that in, and you can see how many people died from what from the batch that you got.
there's um, there's some evidence that um, certain like um, red counties have kind of been targeted with uh, well there was a right at the very beginning remember it was Southern California uh, so many people like had anaphylactic shock and died right at the vaccination event they had right. to stop it <laughs> so uh, and uh, Tiffany Dover is dead by the way I've researched oh, of course. that yep <laughs> of course uh, well the, the giveaway to me I've been following her nursing license to see if it was renewed and then also her her husband uh, it oh it, it's probably been two years ago now he changed his Facebook page to single so um, ah, as much as they want you to believe she's still alive she she's dead yep uh, well what I'm what I'm thinking this is my theory you know about CRISPR therapy and yes. the gene altering and you know and uh, two good books Annie Jacobson's book called the Pentagon's Brain, which is about DARPA, and mm -hmm. DARPA is behind all this stuff. Um, and, you know, they were doing that gene modifying, and while well, saying that they were doing it to prevent cancer, but obviously this is being used to cause cancer uh, and make the super soldiers. And then I remember reading somewhere, credible source, I trying to only read credible sources and I can't quote it because I read a lot and sometimes five books at a time but Saddam Hussein when he was in captivity um, and and he's probably still alive somewhere but there's a lot of discussion about that but anyway while he was in captivity uh, they said that he had uh, been you know gene edited with CRISPR therapy and he, he turned into this kind of like mellow docile grandfather type and the army soldier that was guarding him talked about oh how he was such a great guy and was helping him with his love life problems and stuff like that so um what i'm thinking is something in this shot it, with the gene modification is making people where they crave that shot because i have people in my county i mean they're like on their fifth jab and their Jeez. families are, the you know, people in my county are awake because I've made them that way. And they're right. like, Mom, Dad, please don't, don't. And, I mean, they're, the the people that want to get vaccinated, they're mad. They're adamant. They're getting it. They will drive 100 miles to get that shot. And so, to me, that's something that's been altered in their brain to make them just crave that and want it. And if, if it was 100 shots, they'd get 100 shots is what I think. And I. I hate to say it or um, this about anybody, but I, those people are just a lost cause, you know? Yeah, correct. Paul, your thoughts. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. My thoughts. I uh, got to speak frankly here. I don't, I don't have any sympathy for that guy or anybody like him. I'm, I'm sick of it. I've had it. I mean, just in the last few days, I've had reactions from people, uh, various topics, but essentially just, you know, rejection. You know, anger, mockery at what I say. Talk about a credible source. You want to know a credible source? Me. There's no such thing as any vaccine that's ever conferred any immunity ever. And I say this to people. I also tell them that all vaccines 
are Jew poison. I don't expect him to listen to me, but I will tell him. And it doesn't do any good. You know, there's an old saying about uh, roughly you can't go broke underestimating the stupidity of the American public. And uh, I'm sorry, but if you're a grown adult and you have the Internet or you have a smartphone and you are getting a shot, you're too stupid to live. And some people may be offended by this. Okay, fine. Good, as a matter of fact. Because this guy probably had people he knew, friends, you know, acquaintances, that told him, no, you shouldn't do that. And he probably dismissed it. Okay? And he thought, oh, no, I know better. I think, you know, I mean, I've had people tell me, oh, Paul, you don't know. You're not a doctor. Okay, whatever. Get your shot. Go ahead. Do it. I don't care at this point anymore. Got to be honest. Oh, I, I, 100%. You know, uh, Marie and Paul, it's just tragic when you think about I think I think you're right to a certain extent, Marie, uh, that there is something that uh, in those shots that c- compels individuals to get more. But we, I don't think we can underestimate the power of the mind virus. I mean, I recall I, I can't stand mainstream uh, uh, television, and, and I stopped watching late night shows, I don't know, 25 years ago because they just weren't funny anymore. But um, I, I have seen compilation cri- clips of all the talentless uh, Jimmy Kimmel types and the other ones all. Uh, and s- what the fuck is that one goof with the weird ear, Steven, whatever, on CBS? Um, all doing these dances and routines and constantly trying to shame and peer pressure people into taking the Jubonic Jujab. I mean, it was relentless. You had Biden. Even Trump was uh, taking credit for it, and I used to play the clip a year and a half ago all the time. Uh, I took. You should get the jab. I got mine. You'll know right away if it doesn't work, Alabama. You'll know. And it's like you didn't take a Jew jab, you liar. And none of them did. And yet they're trying to push everyone onto it. And now, first Marie, then Paul. Now you've got all the. They are like uh, acting like they didn't do anything wrong, right? And that that is accessory to murder, in my opinion. Your thoughts, Marie, and then Paul. Well, there are um, there are some lawsuits um, coming up, and there are some lawyers um, like Calendar and Renz that are handling these lawsuits. Um, I uh, was probably I think since I last spoke with you, I had a 51 year old man who in good health who um, went went for his regular checkup, um, and he was kind of diaphoretic and they checked his blood sugar and it was a little on the low side um he's a diabetic and normally it runs high so they decided the best thing to do when they look at his blood sugar was to do a nasal swab that of course was positive for covid (laughs) they immediately put him on the covid ward and he was the only one there because the COVID wards are ghost towns, you know. But, right, right, yeah, yeah. And his wife, she she said, it was so strange. She said, everybody acted so strange, and they're just yelling at me to keep my mask on. And I kept asking questions, and they wouldn't tell me anything. And, uh, and she said, and he was fine, but every day his breathing got worse. And when he got home, he, he just couldn't breathe, and he died at home. And... So I had asked the hospital four times for the medical records, and I kept getting little pieces and parts of these medical records, and they didn't really add up. Well, then I get a call from City Hall, and I live in a town called Licking. So Licking City Hall, they said, there's a letter here for you, for, for you, addressed to you here at City Hall. So I went down to get it, 
and um, the envelope had the Veterans Administration on it, and it had like five pages. The first two pages were some medical records of this individual from 2008. The middle page said that he got remdesivir while he was in the hospital. So I go go back to the hospital. I thought, well, they're not going to give me the medical records about the remdesivir. So I asked for the medicine, medication administration record and the billing record because they're not going to miss billing for it. So they had he was in the hospital four days. They gave him remdesivir four days. They billed $5,000 for it. And remember, if they give remdesivir, they get a 20% bonus on the whole overall hospital stay. Right. Mm-hmm. So he went, he went in the hospital fine. Of course, he was in renal failure. They send him home on a high-power diuretic and oxygen, and he dies at home. Jeez. So his wife has all the information. I've got all the documentation. I said, you know, it's up to you what you do. And his uh, actually, his um, sister-in-law is a pharmacy tech, and she went ballistic. Oh, and I also asked for, since it's an experimental drug, I asked for a copy of his informed consent to receive remdesivir. Mm-hmm. They sent me an informed consent, and it was from a procedure that he had had two years ago. <laughs> These people are devious, and I, I've been a registered nurse for 44 years, and um, I, it, it's just medicine is such a travesty. I want to go travesty. I want to go near a hospital now. Yeah. Everything I need to do for me, I do myself. I do my own dental work, for God's sake. And that's how I got into polymers. But anyway, um, yeah, th- they will go to those ends. And I basically, I've got all these records when people are ready to go with lawsuits. And um, they called it the PrEP Act. And that meant that anybody during COVID could do anything they want to a person in the hospital, uh, give them any medicine, do any procedure, and they were completely protected. But there's some good attorneys that are finding a way around that. Paul, your thought you have a lot to say on this. I'm sure your thoughts. I mean, these poor people. They're, it, you know, it, could it be something that's uh, subtly compelling them to get another injection? Is it is it the 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 mind virus of gaslighting that we saw so prevalently? Your thoughts, Paul. Well, there's a lot there, and I, you know, I don't want to go on too long. But Stephen Colbert was who you were trying to name. Colbert, that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, all these faggots would be, uh, I don't know, drawn and quartered at my administration. Absolutely. You know, we, yep. we need to talk more often about the the planks in my various my imaginary platform. Yeah. But yeah, Jimmy Kimmel and, you know, all these people, including Travis Kelsey, you know, he's doing more, more commercials. You may have seen them. You know, he's always got the two band-aids on his arm because, you know, you can get two for one now. Uh, just after your flu shot. That's with right. Your, That's with right. COVID. Yeah. All these people they need. Listen, I got to say this. As much as I admire people doing the research and people talking about doing legal battles such as lawsuits, I think it's a mark of a completely emasculated and cucked society that we're talking about lawsuits because we can clearly see what the agenda is here and these people uh they don't uh, deserve to be uh given any legal proceedings or you know we're in my opinion to to seek a remedy in these courts 
is the mark of a dumbass and a faggot. You know, I, I just this is the way I feel at this point. There's there's no way that we can ever win this battle unless we turn it into a battle that's real in the real world. If we're going to try to win a information war, a propaganda battle, uh, you know, winning hearts and minds, we're going to always lose to these people. Great sentiment. As we hit the bottom of our break, our one, stay tuned after these messages from one of the sane asylum with Paul from California co-host and our honored guest, Marie Lassner. tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive! Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? 
It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Bon Jovi song, this one, an homage to the debilitating long COVID lie, which is actually just uh, side effects from the Jubonic Jujab, and that was called Dead on Arrive. And uh, another thing that has arrived recently is the second annual John Statmiller Book Drive. Most of you listening know uh, RBN, RepublicBroadcasting.org, is the house that Statmiller built, and, and sadly he passed away uh, two years and a couple weeks ago and each year right around the time is passing the 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 people who now handle the back end and raising money and keeping rbn on the air are are looking for new ways to to make money so uh, now through the first week of january if you can make a donation of 100 dollars or more you can become eligible to receive one of the books from uh, the impressive library of John Statmiller, and these are actual books that he had his library more more likely read. And since the uh, 
the library at Alexandria has been burned down. This may be your your next best chance to get a real classic. So if you can, if you're flush, please donate a hundred or more and and grab yourself a Stat Miller Library book. All right, we're back. And uh, Paul, you had some additional thoughts you wanted to go into about all this lunacy of these these weak minded, weak willed, uh, now weak bodied individuals who took the various uh, jubonic jujabs from Moderna and Pfizer and AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson. So you wanted to continue on a little bit. Well, yeah, just a couple of minutes, perhaps. Thanks for the opportunity. You know, sometimes when I hear my even my own thoughts in my own head or sometimes i hear my own words i i sort of say to myself man oh man what uh you know <laughs> what what happened to me <laughs> right because i mean let's let's face it we know there's people out there that appreciate me and like me and there's uh probably uh more than a few that that don't and i gotta tell you that i've got a history going back probably 30 years when i first started discovering things and trying to share them with people, okay? And, uh, you know, there's a few, as you know, that are going to be receptive as a rule, but the majority in many cases are going to reject what you say in favor of the ruling paradigm. And, of course, they don't know the source of the ruling paradigm. They don't know the who behind it, and they're not willing to look, okay? And so, therefore, I mean, let's face it, I probably would be the way I am anyway, but, you know, I go all the way back to when I first discovered in 1983 about the Federal Reserve and our money system. And I remember, you know, talking to, you know, quite a few people here and there trying to wake them up. And, of course, you know, most people are not going to do their own work. Time and time again in my life, I've suggested books and materials or, you know, before the Internet, uh, I used to order, uh, like, by tape, like, you know, cassette tape archives from radio shows and various things. And, of course, you know, the average person just does not want to put the time in. And in many cases, they're comfortable believing what it is they believe. And then I went through, you know, with my own mom and her her medical adventures where she she went to an early grave. There's zero doubt in my mind because of modern medicine. She took all the drugs the doctors told her to take, you know, a cholesterol drug and a blood pressure drug and a this, that and the other she took 13 flu shots in a row, okay? I didn't even oh actually God. know this. Yeah, until later on when I saw the medical records, because she kept a notebook, 13 years in a row she took a flu shot. Now, I knew for a fact that on at least two occasions it put her in the hospital with quote-unquote pneumonia. And I remember visiting her one time, practically begging, tearing my hair out, going, God damn it, don't do this again. Mom, please. You know, she was already frail and on her way out and getting injected, and she told me, she goes, oh, the doctor said they're not related. Like, God damn, I don't care what he says. Listen to me. And so this is the source of my contempt and my anger. And what I have learned in life is you cannot help people generally. You can only tell them what it is you know as best you can, and then they're going to do what it is they're going to do. So this is a little tagline I've used for a long time, and I think it's kind of funny. And it's sort of it's summed up the way I feel. I cannot help anybody. I can only mock them and treat them with the contempt that they deserve for not listening to me. And this I'll end it with a little story that just happened to me two days ago, Giuseppe. As you know, you go out and about, and I'm generally a fairly you know congenial and social guy, right? I'm, I mean, I, I have a, a certain persona that I take when I'm doing radio, but it's it's authentic. It's not made up. Right. But I'm having I'm having a good time. I meet this couple. It's an older couple, and they right away they you know they take to me, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they're buying me drinks, and we're sharing an appetite. 
there's somebody else there as well. It's actually a person who's a see with uh, this this big casino. They're you know in some sort of human resources or whatever, and they're all friends, right? And one thing leads to another, and they're discussing this, they're discussing that, and they bring up something about the Boston bombing, right? So oh, no. <laughs> I should have known, right? But I turn into Jim Fetzer right away. I go, well, nobody died at the Boston bombing. Then I just add it. I go, well, nobody died at Sandy Hook either, right? Oh, good now, for you. I had, yeah, you know, and literally, I was rejected immediately. This woman, who was so nice and so friendly, she reminded me in so many ways of my mom because – you know, she would. She never met a stranger that she couldn't turn into a friend just by her right. friendliness, right? Mm-hmm. And she gets up off of her stool and she goes, "Oh, that's it, that's it, Paul, that's it. I can't, I, I can't. I'm sorry, but that's." And she literally moved over a couple of places and just kind of like started talking with her husband and more or less just uh, that was the end of our pleasant interaction. She became angry. Now, earlier, I suggested that she don't take any more shots because she told me she took a shot because her her daughter worked in some medical capacity. I think she did like CT imaging. She was a technician. So because her daughter's in the medical field, she felt perfectly confident taking the vaccine. And I just had mentioned casually, well, I don't think you want to do that. There's nothing in there that you need to be healthy. And I don't think that uh, it's a good idea. And I just left it at that because, you know, we're having a good time. Right, right. It didn't matter because in the end, they rejected me cold and became unfriendly because of something that I said. And what was it? that they basically believed in a Jew lie, and they don't even know it's the Jews telling them the lies. Right. So I don't, w- I don't wish them ill, but with any grown adult who has access to the Internet, I do not care what happens to them. They can have their legs chopped off. They can take 100 vaccines, knock yourself out. But you and I know, men like us know, Giuseppe, that there's work that has to be done in this world, and I'm getting older and I'm losing my willingness and desire to do it because I meet so many people that you know the word that I refer to them by because they don't know what the score is. We right. will never win this by doing research or by proselytizing to people saying, oh, don't take a shot, it's no good, trying to tell them what's in or what's not in the vaccine. It's got to be, it's just, it's just time to smash things. Right. Well, Marie, you must have, uh, that must resonate with you, the frustrations. I mean, especially you being aware of natural healing with the three books you've written and 40 years as a, as a, as a uh, award-winning nurse practitioner and, and a teacher and everything, and, and especially now running for an elected as coroner. I mean, it must drive you out of your mind to listen to people say, oh, well, yeah, well, no, no, I trust my allopath. I trust the doctor. So how do you deal with it, Maria? How do you stay sane? I am. Well, first of all, I'm Irish, and we fight back. We usually get our asses handed to us, but we always fight back. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I too, when I was uh, 13 and the fake moon landing, and my family's all gathered around, and I was like, you know, this is fake. And my, my family's like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Um, but, and then, oh, Sandy Hook, that's a good one. Well, I knew that was fake from that start. And, uh, um, and then I was at a a conference when I was running for coroner. We had the Tyrone shootings here before I was coroner, seven people shot. Mm -hmm. So Wayne Carver was there at international conference for coroners. And I caught him on the break as, uh, as he's talking about Sandy Hook. And I said, um, 
I said, you know, can you help me? I said, I'm running for coroner. Uh, did you hear about the Tyrone shootings? And he said, yes. And I said, do you know our coroner didn't do any autopsies on anybody? And I said, what do you think about that? And he says, oh, my office would have done two autopsies on everybody. And I said, well, did you autopsy any of the children? And he stopped and he looked at me and he just said, no. <laughs> And, of course, it's state law. You have to. So, I mean, he pretty much admitted to me the whole gig. And it's uh, funny, Wayne Carver, the Sandy Hill coroner, seems to have come back as that guy. What is it? Thomas Redfield looks just like him. They look so. Isn't it amazing? And how about that crying woman? She's been at, like, four or yeah. five of those false flags. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, there was, uh, was something on Facebook. People are talking about, oh, remember Sandy Hook. And I just I just made one comment. Um, funny that uh, no autopsies were done on any of the children. Well, someone took a screenshot, sent to the commissioners, my county commissioners, that I should be fired because I was derisive of the Sandy Hook tragedy. Oh, my <laughs> and God. And then I, I actually took the one. Uh, they sent me her email. So, I tracked her back and she's some like she's from sweden for god's sake so they have people i guess they pay to make sure no one says anything disparaging about sandy hook and how alex jones lost that lawsuit i have no clue <laughs> that was uh but anyway that yeah that's that's a big one people are, are very strong and they try so hard to not let you say anything about it but right know, I talked to the coroner, so um, I want to say, um, well, a couple of things real quickly. Um, you know, I'm writing a book called uh, What the Coroner Saw, and um, and I really believe, um, rather than smashing things, well, I fought a long fight to get uh, fluoride out of the water in my county here, like five years, mm -hmm. and it came down to education, and I... And I wasn't doing a good job, so I had Dr. Paul Kinnett, who's like a national authority. He wrote, you know, The Case Against Fluoride, et cetera. Mm -hmm. He's talked in 60 um, countries, and he came, and he did three days of education, and we got it put on the ballot and got it voted out. So, you know, a lot of times it's just, it is just education. So personally, I tried to educate, and my book is, my book I'm writing, I've, I too have kept a journal from the very beginning, and I have all my cases, and I have all the travesties and the people that were murdered, and I'm naming names, I'm naming hospitals, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of blowing my mind going back through all this stuff, but you're talking, uh, we were talking about the brainwashing, and Yale University, um, July 7th, um, they sent me, it was basically strategies for uh, getting people to get vaccinated and the messages that they wanted to put out. And it was like uh, personal freedom. It got really nasty at the end um, about uh, using social pressure guilt message. Mm -hmm. The message is about the danger that COVID-19 prevents the health of one's family and community. Um, and then, um, and so that was guilt, and then there's social pressure, embarrassment to embarrass, you know, embarrass the person, and like it's like a strat a strategy with like 15 different platforms to put out COVID messaging, and this came out July 7th, 
you know, 2020, really early in the game. So it was ready to go, of course. Um, but I do believe I can make a difference. I have made a difference. Um, everybody told me I could never get Floyd out of the water, and I did. But, I, you know, I, ha I paid in blood for it. I literally paid in blood for that. Uh, and it was a blood sacrifice. And uh, my husband died as part of the deal, but that's a whole other story. Oh, no. Um, I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, it, um, I have a new husband now. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I, I sure do miss Mar the old one. Marie, um, Marie yeah. could, you could you elaborate a little bit on what you mean when you said you paid in blood for that? I, um, well, I wanted to get a very passionate against fluoride and you know fluoride's in all all the drugs now every yep. pill no one should take it the only medicine anybody should ever take is you have to take insulin if you're a diabetic and if you have anaphylaxis you have to have epinephrine those are the only two all the others are contaminated now with uh, neogel and it's just about like taking a shot there's mm -hmm. no other medicine you have to have not one and i'll i'll stand by that statement well I wanted to get fluoride out of the water, so I started going to city councils. Um, I got on the health the health department board to try to get a you know something going that way. I bought a newspaper. I bought the local newspaper, so I'd have um, a platform that way. Mm -hmm. And I was ridiculed, called a quack. No one listened to me. Um, and then I, like I said, Dr. Paul Kinnett, you can look him up. I got in touch with him, and he agreed to come speak. So I put things in the newspaper about it, and our whole newspaper disappeared off the server. It was gone. Really? My media person was freaking out, and we had to spend all all night trying to just put our whole newspaper on a thumb drive to get to the press to get it out. Then all the, our email went out. We could not send or receive any emails. Wow. And this is really weird. Some guy came by and he said, I, I heard you're having trouble. And he goes, I'm with a group that isn't happy when, um, uh, you know, the government does this stuff to people. And he got on the computer. He found like 8,000 DDoS attacks or something. He's like, I can fix this for you. And I was like, I don't know who you are. I don't care. But if you can fix it, please do. And he did. He fixed it. And I never saw him again. But when that happened, I stood in the middle of my office at the newspaper, I remember so clearly, and I said, I'm not giving up this floor, this fluoride fight. You'll have to, you know, kill me, kill everybody in my family, take everything I have, but I'm not going to stop. And my staff mm -hmm. is looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> well, then, okay, Dr. Kinnett comes into, he flies into St. Louis. Uh, make the two two and a half hour drive to go to the to get him, and my husband decides to go with me. And on the way back, <clears throat> the worst storm ever. It was unbelievable. Um, but Doctor Kinnett, he demanded a fish sandwich from Arby's, uh, <laughs> and he wanted to dine in. So we had to find an Arby's and and let him get his fish sandwich, and that took about forty five minutes. When we got back to my house, the whole my whole house was destroyed. I've got a two-story house. The whole top story was gone. And a surgical strike tornado, F1, that wasn't even on radar, radar had hit my house 
45 minutes prior. And if we wouldn't have stopped for that sandwich, we'd all been there and we'd all been killed. Oh, wow. So anyway, I kind of left my husband because <laughs> I've got this speaker that I've got to have here to get this going for fluoride. And I got him to a friend's house to spend the night with them. And, and, uh, um, So we made it through that, but then uh, um, one month later, my husband, his, uh, his second to last words he said to me are, I'm being harped, and he, he I'm old. He, my husband was 46. Um, I married a younger man, but anyway, he um, took a deep breath and just died and dropped dead right in front of me. Oh, no. So, uh, but I remember, you know, remember, uh, you know, I, I said, and but the thing is um we did get the vote on the ballot we did get it passed but it was i really felt like it was a blood sacrifice well and the other thing against him was he was a colonel in the missouri defense force and he was organizing people all over the state for well this very thing he was just thought it was coming a little sooner than it did but um so that's my experience wow that's intense. And uh, go ahead, Paul. No, I was just going to say that's a very interesting uh, answer to my question. And of course, the absurd thing to me, uh, going back to the things I was saying, uh, you know, earlier. Sorry, buddy, for the the rant that I went on, but it just it feels like it's just part of the fabric of of who I am and what I've experienced in my life. But we we shouldn't have to be, uh, you know, working five years to do anything like that or to put it on the ballot. The people that are behind it should be uh, the ones that are, uh, shall we say, running for their lives. It just reminds me of uh, a little bit of history of the the Mongol invasion of Europe. It came in various waves, and uh, how the Germanic tribes basically uh, chased them all the way back to the Siberian steppes, hunting them down. Uh, you know, whatever small band or group of individuals they came across, they. They slaughtered each and every one of them. And, uh, you know, make of that little uh, analogy and true history what you will. But that's the answer. Uh, not Unfortunately, I admire anybody such as yourself, Marie. I think anybody that does the research, it comes up, uh, comes up with lawsuits and all these things. It's all a good thing. But I just keep going back to my default position is what I have observed here for the better part of 30 years and the predicament that we're in. Yeah. Well, my default position is, and even as a coroner, I I try to do everything with a healing intent, and I have to give real hard news to people all the time. I, sure, I have to give right. through, every day. I'm breaking people's hearts and shattering their lives, but I always look towards having some healing come out of it, and I. Uh, that's uh that's my my philosophy and um and i well and i'm not religious but you know when my house was destroyed and my husband died and oh my dog got run over by a car like in the same month um oh and i had to arrest the sheriff and who was actually a friend of mine to do his job and that was i was like you know god what do you want from me yeah (laughs) and uh um, I'm like, am I being punished? What What is it? And it's like, 
what the answer came to me was it was a, a test and um you know i'm i'm up for a test and i always like doing things that are hard as a nurse i always work critical care i always took the hardest patient that nobody wanted you know and i just i love doing things that are hard and things that no one else wants to do i guess right well god, well, god bless you I mean, seriously, God bless you, but I think Giuseppe knows what I mean when I say that you and people like you need to be protected from what it is um, that we all need protection from. That's, that's how well, I know I'm probably I'm not going to be living much longer. I've, and when my book comes out, there's really going to be a lot of people mad at me. But that's, you know, the only thing I'm for, I'm not for vindictive. I'm just, I just for the truth. I just seek, I just seek the truth and, you know, and. I get asked to lie on occasion, different things, and I just say to people, I can't lie. <laughs> and that usually shuts it Good shuts for it you. Down. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, these things, you know, like um, Paul's saying, the more you live, you know, everything's, you know, not what it seems. Like TWA Flight 800, you know, several years ago, I'm sitting right. there, and there's a two-hour C-SPAN on why like the 250 witnesses did not see a missile hit the plane. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. That, that yep. tells me a missile hit that plane. But yep. then um, I, I was working in California at the time, and um, one of my patients um, came back from surgery, open heart surgery, and he was a vice president at TWA. So he's just coming out of anesthesia. And I asked him, so what happened to TWA Flight 800? <laughs> And what he said to me, I thought was revealing, because he said, he's half sedated. Whatever they said happened, happened. That's what he told me, as a Japanese uh, gentleman. <laughs> but, um, All right, I, we've reached the top of the hour, <laughs> so stay tuned for hour two. We'll open up the phone lines and uh, RBN, Speak Free Radio, and the Sane Asylum after these messages. Stay tuned for hour two and call in. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach or a favorite song from the past or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To learn more about this amazing breakthrough, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. truth, truth.